Hello and welcome to Lightmap from Sifter. On Lightmap, we explore what it takes to make video games and interactive media from creative teams all around the world. My name is Gianni. It's good to be with you for another episode. Uh, on Lightmap, um, it's a guide to interesting new gameplay experiences, interesting stories told through interactive media. And every episode, you get to meet new developers, artists, musicians, researchers, and more. And on this episode, we're joined by Ren Breyer, uh, art director, designer, at Witchbeam and Tim Dawson, artist, programmer, and designer at Witchbeam. Thanks for joining us to talk about unpacking. Thanks for having us. We are very excited to learn a little bit more about your game, uh, which I think uh, has been both critically and uh, you know by players uh, acclaimed. And we can't wait to to learn more. So let's jump straight in. You like insightful discussions about those high-profile games that everyone's talking about, then why not check out Sifter's other podcast, Mainstream, in your podcast feed right now. We talk about those high-profile titles, those triple A's, some of those other smaller indie darlings, featuring insights from the award-winning Sifter team and other special guests. You can find Mainstream in your podcast player. That's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or head to the Sifter website, that's sifter.com.au. Ren and Tim. Now, if people have not come across Unpacking before, what is Unpacking? How does it play? Sure. Uh, Unpacking is a game about taking things out of boxes and finding places for them to go. It's also a game about uh, a, the story of, uh, of a character. You learn about her through the items that she owns, what she keeps, and what she leaves behind. Can you tell me a little bit about the genesis of this story idea? Because I know there's a bit of a, a bit of a link uh, to your own lives about how you kind of came across the idea to put this together. Yeah, so so we're both we're both game developers, and um, so we we talk about game design, you know, uh, uh, a, a lot. And when I when I moved in um, to uh, this place, um, and Ren was helping me unpack all my stuff, um, she noted that it was like there was something game-like about the process that, you know, you open a box and um, you you find three or four items that you know that there's a fourth item there. There's, there's a kind of storytelling already that you finish a box and you unlock the box beneath it. Um, and there was, there was all these you kind of... You complete sets and you yeah. create order out of chaos, which really is what a lot of games are about. And uh, and it was something that we were talking about, like, to kind of fill the time and, and, and think about it, but we kind of kept coming back to it. And um, hmm. and out of that, like Ren suggested a story, and and that's kind of where the whole thing unfolded from. Yeah, and Tim helped me figure out an ending for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did it take to take it from an idea that you were talking about, sort of discussing, and then make it into a game? What were the first steps for you? Oh, um, so what it took was a kick in the butt in the form of uh, a deadline. So. We decided to submit unpacking to um, Stugan, uh, the Games Accelerator program in Sweden, um, which we had heard of um, and like had wanted to submit to uh, in years, but just like either didn't have an idea or it was not the right time. Like we were busy with other things, and this time the timing worked well, and we had this idea, and we were like, all right, let's let's make a prototype for Stugan, submit it. And uh, if it goes well, we go to Sweden for um, for two months to work on this game. And if they don't accept it, which was you know what we expected, we'll just we will have started on this project, and we can make it in Brisbane, um, you know, kind of in our free time. And uh, to to my surprise, they did accept us. So we uh, we went to Sweden and worked on it there, um, and then came back and uh, 
through a series of uh, interesting circumstances, decided that this should be Witchbeam's next project and uh, started work on it full time in the beginning of uh, 2019. Can you tell me a bit more about those interesting circumstances? Yeah, so so we'd worked on it for like we'd gone out to Sweden, worked on it for seven weeks, um, and um, got this this playable prototype. We got back to Australia. Uh, we posted a GIF um, on Twitter to to be like, "Hello, here's this game that we're making. It's a it's a sped up video of, of the kitchen being unpacked." And then it just kind of went berserk. Um, people mm. like we we got like huge amount huge amount numbers of people liking and sharing the. The tweet, uh, someone posted it on Reddit and it got like a million something. So I forget how many, but not it, it, it got like, I don't think it was, I think it was a hundred thousand, but it, it was like yeah, it went, it, more than we ever expected. It, kind of, it blew up. We suddenly had all these Twitter followers on the account that like, like were overtaking the, the previous game I'd made. It was like, okay, yeah, and we this, had, this is getting traction. And we had publishers sliding into our DMs being like, hey, what's yeah. this you're making yeah, here? Yeah, tell us about your game. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, we, we, the the day after I think it was the day after we got back. It was from two days. Two days after. after we got to Australia, still extremely jet lagged. We we were sh- we showed we agreed to show the game at a local Brisbane event, and um and 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 we had Screen Queensland ask us to pitch yeah funding, which was closing in like ten days, uh, which we then got. So suddenly, like these series of events all happened together, where where we we came back and suddenly everyone was into the game. Publishers were talking to us. Uh, Screen Queensland were literally going to give us some money, and it was like, okay, we have this is this is serious. This went from like a fun little like project to we should do this properly, and it made sense to me to bring it into Witchbeam, which is you know a studio that I started, um, and Jeff's part of it as well because Jeff did the audio. So like. Uh, well, at this point, there was no audio. Uh, yeah. Jeff was going to do the audio. That's, that's what I mean. Like, but Jeff, <laughs> Jeff was Jeff was on board to do the audio, yeah. and so it kind of made it se- made sense to do this as a as a Witchbeam project. Hmm. Um, to me, I, I liked the idea. We had we had people say like, "Oh, why not just kind of spin up another company or some kind of thing?" But to me, I kind of like the idea of like, I I, I like Witchbeam being this kind of entity that can make what it wants. Uh, it's yeah, it's and- exciting. Yeah, and for me, like I wasn't part of Witchbeam, but um, Witchbeam has been like super helpful in making this project, and uh, Witchbeam ended up funding the project because um, we were like when we were shopping for publishers and stuff, we were thinking initially, yeah, we want funding, but eventually, like we thought about what we actually wanted um, from a publisher, and we were like, mm, actually, we are better off funding this ourselves, and that way we have more leverage and have to give lower percentages and all this stuff. Like, it's and there's a lot of advantages. Yeah, marketing support and 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 bring it to bring yeah, it bring to, it to market. How did you um I guess take feedback on board from people you did show it off to? Was it mostly just people within the industry, or did you have sort of play events where people could actually have a chance to put hands on it? Because I know for a lot of studios that experience of getting people to play it, you sort of find those points where there's sticking points or where people are really finding a bit of joy. Yeah, so we had uh, so many players play it of all kinds. Um, so all the way from Stugan. So at Stugan, we had other devs play it, like when we did playtesting nights, but also we had. Um, just random guests. Um, so like often they'd be industry people, but they'd bring like their families. Um, we had like little kids play it. We had like older people. Um, 
like people's parents. Um, and it just, we, we got like a really wide variety of, of feedback um, from, from industry and non-industry folks alike uh, during Stugan. And then when we came back here, we just, we showed the event, we showed the game at, at a lot of events. Um, first we showed our initial prototype which was just like the kitchen level um which now is like the kitchen and the final level of the game um then we showed our uh two level demo which is like still our demo to this day um which we kept updating um based on on feedback and improvements to the game but like yeah i would say um tens of thousands of people have played <laughs> our demo so we got a lot of feedback. Yeah, we, 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 so, so while in Sweden, we actually showed the game. There was a, yeah. there, was a there was a public event like at uh, Falun, in Stockholm. Uh, oh, in Falun first, yeah. Yeah, we yeah did it was like, a, like out, in, out in kind of uh, out of the city in in Sweden. Yeah. And then then I was in Stockholm. Then we got back and showed at at a Brisbane event. We did uh, day of the. We were invited to day of the devs. Yeah. And um, and we did the parallels then, talk. And... Uh, well, I was gonna say. Uh, the GDC, um, yeah, mild, GDC mild mild rumpus. Rumpus. and this is all. And then we got into Bit Summit. yeah, Bit Summer in in Kyoto, and uh, PAX Australia. Avcon, uh, yeah. first. We did Avcon as well, so yeah. Adelaide. So we, so we ended up actually doing a lot of public showings before the you know that thing happened uh, that stopped that. And then even yeah, after that, that thing. <laughs> in the before times. And then even after that. Um, mm. We got into uh, the PAX online showcase. We were uh, were part of that, which was yeah. uh, tied to a Steam demo. So we kind of basically moved to Steam demos, which honestly is a lot harder to like peek over someone's shoulder, but you do get to see a lot of you, people. You get streaming. to watch people stream, and you actually get a lot out of that too. I, I've had a, a lot of uh, um, like useful revelations from watching people stream, from like noticing bugs to noticing. Um, like how people play the game or that they want to put something somewhere that we don't allow and even like to this day whenever i watch a stream i i might sometimes notice like oh this item's not allowed here and i think it should be and i'm like jim for our next patch let's do this tell me a little bit about the design of the puzzles in this game because it is i guess i would describe it as sort of a light puzzle game but there are uh, there is the, the primary mode that you play it. There are specific places that things have to be placed. Um, can you tell me about some of the considerations you had when you were designing this um, so that people could, I guess, draw on their own knowledge of, of the world, um, but also make it so that you could direct them in a way that tells a story? Yeah, I think, I think a large part of the design was um, trying to keep things varied. So we have some items that are very easy to place and they're just very like, where do you think this should go? And other ones where it gets a little bit uh, tricky, like you might be trying to arrange um, all of the uh, clothes in a in a drawer or get all the books on a shelf, and maybe maybe there's too many books to fit on one shelf. So now you have to decide where you're going to split them, which category of book is going to go on one shelf versus another. And then other items have more specific places to go, where you either have to know what the item is, or the item has some sort of importance to the character. And so by having these varying levels, it kind of it's really important to you're not always solving the same kind of thing, even even in a light puzzle context. Hmm. And then we add like complexity in uh, in levels as uh, as they come. So like the very first level, you start in just the the kids' room, and it's just one room, and things are pretty simple. But then 
you move into an apartment with uh, three rooms and then you have to take items from one room to another sometimes. And then you move into an apartment where you're not allowed to move other people's stuff. You're living with housemates and you can't move their stuff, only yours. And you fit yourself around them. And then you're in an apartment where you can move stuff, um, but you know, you're living with another person. You have to make room for yourself. So there's just like new little challenges that, that we add with every level. Like we try to make every level have a good reason to be there not just story-wise, but also gameplay-wise. Like each one brings something new to the table in some way. Um, have you had any uh, challenges with people not quite understanding what you've designed um, because they just don't have that familiarity with the item? Yeah, sometimes people struggle a little bit with items that, that are not familiar to them. Even like the markers, some people are like, what's that? I don't know what that is. Um, but usually when I see like a, uh, you know, a stream, uh, someone in the chat will be like, they're markers. And it doesn't matter that they don't know that they're Copic markers and that they are like, well, I guess off-brand Copic markers, no trademark things. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't know that they're these specific artist markers and they don't know that you get them like one by one or in small packs and you kind of amass a collection. But they go like, oh, okay, I guess I have more markers now. Um, and they still kind of get the gist of it, even though they're not like, wow, this is like real life. Mm -hmm. I think part of the design as well was was uh, embracing the idea that some some details would go over people's heads, like um, and that was okay because if an if something lands for you and makes a connection, it's worth more because you knew that you didn't have to make that connection. That mm. some that some things will resonate and other things will just be like, oh, okay, I guess that's I guess that's a sports equipment. I guess um, versus someone else going like, oh, it's a frisbee. Maybe she plays ultimate frisbee. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. I think um, something interesting was that when we were developing this game, we were thinking some people will be playing this game solely for decorating a room, and that's okay. Like, if they don't notice a single story element, that's still fine. We want them to also still enjoy the game. And so the entire story, in a way, is, is optional. The only places where people who play like that run into problems is with the... Um, uh, really with the picture of the couple uh, in, a, in a particular level where that level relies on them having paid some attention to the story. So interestingly, we do actually get some people going like, as I, sending us emails and being like, help, I've run into a bug. This picture can't go on the wall. Um, I've tried restarting uh, the game and it didn't help. I'm just like, oh my God. Um, yeah, so maybe that's a little bit on us that we were like, yeah, you can play this game without needing to care about the story at all. And then we made this one choice where you absolutely had to care about the story, at least a little to, to be able to figure it out. But it's, it is heartening to know that, you know, this many people have played the game and run into that situation and eventually figured it out and went, oh, and not <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the handful of people who send us bug reports that the picture can't go on the wall. Are, are in a tiny, tiny minority. Um, I found this particularly interesting in, in sort of the streams and uh, some of the reviews that I've seen that people have put together. Um, a, a whole bunch of male players not knowing what to do with pads and tampons, uh, just having no idea what this item was, couldn't, couldn't tell you. That is so funny. Yeah. Generally, I think like dudes know, but maybe younger dudes. 
I've also seen kids be like, what's this? Yeah, but it's a great teaching moment. And I think yeah. I think this is something else we didn't appreciate at first that we realized during development was that the game works surprisingly well in a group situation. Uh, mm. if you, you can play it in front of people and people can be calling out things or judging you because you put something somewhere where they, they find it really objectionable. Uh, and that translates surprisingly well to streaming. Like Ren mentioned before that, Sometimes people will be like, what is this? But someone in their, their chat will tell them. Mm. And it, like, I like that because it's a very, it's kind of like a community, like everyone comes together to, to do the puzzle kind of thing. And yeah. the puzzles are low, low stakes. Uh, what, uh, what are some of the items that I've, you've kind of been surprised about the reactions that people have had? I mean, the GameCube is the one that... Oh, yeah, that's the funniest. Our, our minds. We, oh, wow. We, yeah, we were like, we're worried like, make sure we don't make it look too much like a GameCube so Nintendo won't get angry. And then we're like... Maybe we should have made it look a bit more like... Yeah, but even then, it's like, I think generally the reaction is from people who just don't know the console because they're generally just because they're young. And they're trying to put it in the kitchen. Yeah, they go, is this, is this like an air fryer? Like, oh my God, it makes me feel so old and it's extremely funny. So I'm, I, I'm happy with it. <laughs> Um, the game has picked up an Australian Game Developer Award. You were the Game of the Year. Fans around the world seem to have really loved it. Can you tell me a little bit about the reaction and this, uh, how the game has performed for you? Yeah, I think like yeah, it's 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 gone really well. We're really happy. Like we've had some really nice reviews. Like just uh, us, you know, if you if you look around the kind of scores we're getting, they're, they're kind of universally pretty high, which is really kind of validating nice, but I think the, the standout thing for me is the way people are, have been writing about the game has been beyond my expectation and experience with that. Like, people are writing about the personal connections that it's, it's making with them, or that they're calling out and saying, I've never experienced something like this in a video game, and that's like, that's like big words. You don't, mm. you don't bust that out lightly. <laughs> I think the, the thing I love the most about reviews of Unpacking is that so often, unlike a lot of reviews like these start with a personal story from the person writing it about their own life and how the game kind of fits into it uh, how it made them feel things about their own life that that really yeah that really makes me happy that people are are having it like resonate like that uh, recently I watched um, someone's uh, stream uh, VOD um, just they mentioned they they uh cried in the credits and i kind of like seeing people cry in the credits i'm not gonna lie i hope that doesn't make me sound psycho tim's like disgusted with me um <laughs> no i just it, it's it's really crazy to me that like this game that's like this really personal thing that i made like has touched people like this and the credit sequence we worked really hard on that uh, we we almost kind of think of it as a cutscene, and um and like it's got a song in it and i sing the song so it's like it's a really personal sequence for me and so whenever someone's like i cried in the credits and they tell me there's a stream i'm like mm, maybe i should go see that um and i really hope that doesn't make me sound psycho i'm sorry uh but yeah I think 100% every artist who wants to make something wants to connect with people and it's connecting with people. So I think you should be really proud of that. Cool. Yeah. So I went and watched that uh, stream and it's like, I, I could not believe how like this girl, I think she was like a teenager 
and she was was playing, I was watching her play the final level, and she was saying, this game makes me feel like the future will be okay. Like, uh, I know it's weird, it's just a game, but it's making me feel like things will be okay. And that's, like, something that we really need right now. Like, I don't know if I feel that the future will be okay. And if I could give that feeling to someone out there, that means a lot. And it was, it was so funny and, and sweet, like, watching her go through the credits. Because first she starts with, no, I don't want the game to be over. I'm so sad. And, like, the credits are going and the songs are going. She's like, this is so sad. This is so sad. And uh, about halfway through, she starts going... I'm crying because I'm happy. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, she just like flipped. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just like her reaction to the whole ending. She was like the, the final scene. I don't want to spoil it, but she like got to it and she like gasped out loud and then took a, a, screen, a screenshot so fast. She accidentally took two. It was just like very sweet and very touching. She finished and she's like, are you flipping kidding me? <laughs> Why did I just cry about a game about boxes? <laughs> Why did I just cry in a puzzle game? Um, it's a really it's a really amazing experience. And I think as, as it's been recognized by lots of people, it's, it's one we really don't see a lot of um, told, really, in a way, you know. There are lots of different types of games, um, but Unpacking is one that's really, really interesting. And I think for me, the way that the layers of storytelling and that context really builds up for people. And it's it's like you get an insight into little pieces of, of knowledge that you might have and you bring to your life. Um, it, it's been really popular. Um, it's been pretty exciting to see that it, everyone's been sharing it and doing those uh, GIF mode where people have been, you know, making little animations and stories out of it and retelling that there. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the implementation of, of that? Because that seems like uh, a really clever idea uh, for people to be able to share the story of what they've done and i'm always curious to see like some of the way that people put their rooms together i don't know not not for me <laughs> so it's funny because you know the first the first gift that 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 blew up and and got a lot of attention was a uh i recorded me unpacking the kitchen and then just really sped it up because uh you know you're trying to make something that's time efficient for twitter and um my uh, business partner actually suggested when he was playing an early build of the game was going like, you should make a, a mode where you can spit out a GIF so that people can can have that like uh, of and can post it. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, good for, for good for posting on social media. And and it's an interesting technical problem because it's like, how do you record a replay of of like unpacking a room? Um, and uh, so I kind of had to come up with a system to as you're as you're unpacking the room, it's recording instructions that relate to uh, each action you can kind of take. Mm, because then, recording the actual footage would be like really yeah, like, yeah. Uh, um, kind of resource intensive. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of reasons why you can kind of wouldn't want to capture it right at the time. But um, uh, and so instead, it's like capturing these um, uh, instructions and then trying to play them back is surprisingly complicated. It's like a, it's a replay system. Uh, in theory, because the game's deterministic and uh, like turn-based, effectively, like one action can happen at a time, it's it's fairly simple. But in practice, there's like a million things that can go wrong. And like earlier, early in development um, of that feature, like you end up with items would get placed in walls and things would get placed in other, you know, hung on hung on railings when they're not supposed to be hung on railings because something would get off by one, and then the rest of the replay would just be, you know forget about it kind of thing. Um, 
it was a really complicated feature to get working, but in the end, it was I was very happy. Like we just we knew we wanted it basically, and um, the two ways we could approach it was was to kind of cheat it and just have everything fly into their final position from the save file, or do this kind of replay. And I'm really glad we did the replay version because you get to see all the decisions and yeah, changes. Yeah, and, and and people are using it to make adorable <laughs> little animations. Yeah, yeah. Like we did not expect that. I expected people to do creative things with like our photo mode and and you know in their organizing, but I did not expect people to be making essentially a little stop motion videos with with our replay feature of like the chicks following the chicken around or like the pig and the cat doing like uh, a knife fight. You've you've reached a, a bit where unfortunately now you're starting to see a bunch of people try to clone your game or at least you know rip it off. Um, this week I noticed that you put um, something out to say that there were a number of unpacking clones that weren't really anything to do with that that are appearing on Google Play in particular. Um, can you tell me about the impact that is? Because you're only a very small team um, having to deal with, with impacts like that. Yeah. So, so funnily, like funnily enough, that's not even this is not even the first time like this started while we were still in development. And that was one of our fears with uh, doing this kind of open development where uh, people know about our game like three years before we release it. What if someone tries to, to clone it? But the thing is, our game is so detailed and has like so much to it that good luck, you know, trying to make something like it. You can make a game that that attempts to do the same things, but it's not going to have like this level of heart, this level of detail. Um, yeah, I'd say, and like the the Google Play, the the Google Play stuff is actually like we're less worried about people trying to to copy the game because honestly, like you know, if you see something you like with that, like extend, go beyond kind of thing, it's people trying to cash in on the get on mm. unpacking specifically. Like these apps are not clones; they're they're like. Um, like they just uh, all they do is uh, they say that they're unpacking something something guide but the word guide in the store goes like off the screen like it's a little too long so you, you see unpacking game and uh, players go oh I want this and in the description somewhere after all the details about the game it says this is a guide this is not a game and then like it just uh, in the best case it just has like some info about the game and it sends them to our website. Um, and after you click a button or something, after you, it basically tells you to rate it, and then you can go into the game, and they rate it, so the app goes higher on the store, and then they take you to just a series of ads. Yeah, so, um, so what happens is these people go uh, are like, I can't enter the game, and they go on our website and send us uh, tons and tons of emails or sign up to our mailing list thinking that that will let them play the game. Um, so, which <laughs> both means that they are not people who actually wanted to sign up to our mailing list. So they're not like quality subscribers, but they they um, bump up our subscriber count, which means we pay more for um, our uh, mailing list service now because of these apps. Yeah, it's it's really and so basically they're kind of the parasitic in the sense that they're just writing the name and trying to show people ads or bump mm -hmm. up their rating and you know play the Google Store. There's all this whole ecosystem of like, and you can see it they do with, with other games as well. Mm -hmm. And then the end result for us is that we end up doing support emails with people being like, how to play the game, and they show up in their Discord channel and say like, hey, I'm trying to make the game run, and we're like, oh, you have to buy it on Steam, and they're 
And they're like, what? It's not free? Bye. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a pain. It's both, both you look at Google and you go like, this is, this is not right. And also they're wasting our time. Like, yeah. Directly. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like Google uh, has to just constantly field these uh, DMCA requests um, and I'm just like, couldn't you just make sure these don't get on the store in the first place? I feel like this would actually be less work. Just my opinion. <laughs> um, it's a really um, interesting and amazing experience, unlike anything else I've played this year. Uh, Ren and Tim, thank you so much for joining us um, on this episode of Lightmap. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you're interested in the game, I recommend you go directly to unpackinggame.com um, or you can follow Unpacking a Life on Twitter or Witchbeam Games on Twitter as well if you're interested in playing. It's available on the Xbox Game Pass, but also uh, on the storefronts as well. My name is Gianni. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Lightmap. Lightmap is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Nicholas Kennedy, Daniel Ang, Sarah Island, uh, Adam Christou. Uh, Mitchell Lowe is our senior producer. And my name is Gianni Giovanni. I'm the executive producer. You can find links uh, to everything we talked about on our website, which is sifter.com.au. While you're online, why not join the Sifter community uh, where you can share your creativity. If you're working on a project, maybe you're putting together a prototype game and you want a little bit of feedback of what it's like, you can share that in our Discord, sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. And uh, while you're there, tell people that they might enjoy the conversations on this episode. One of the best free things you can do to support the show is uh, to tell them about it. Tell them that we speak to different developers all around. Um, if they're going to enjoy it, that's a really great thing you can do. That's all for now. Thank you, Ren. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Uh, and until next time, have fun. Thank you.